Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafoot, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week started out as an actress back in 2006 as the only pupil to be murdered in the 10 years of Waterloo Road. Known for her friendship with my dear friend Steph Haydock, actress Denise Welsh, who you can hear in two previous episodes of Security and Secure, and friendships with Janice and Chloe, Maxine Barlow was my favourite character in the series. So, over the past couple of weeks, I've started re-watching Waterloo Road again, and I'm obsessed. I've forgotten 99% of what happened, but I do remember Maxine Barlow's death, because it was quite early on in the show. Now, I've gone on the actors' profiles, and I've gone to Wikipedia and Instagram to find out what's happened to them next. And... When I saw what my guest actress Ellie Pascal is on and what she's doing, I was like, I need to speak to her on Security and Secure. Because since leaving the show, after 32 episodes and starring in a few other programmes in the years that followed, Ellie has changed careers and is now a semantic soul coach. And I just needed to get her on the show to find out about her purpose and who she really is. So without further ado, please welcome to Security and Secure, Ellie Pascal. Hello, Ellie. Hi, Johnny. <laughs> this is exciting. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I hope your mind has told you that it was meant to be, you know, that law of attraction that, you know, you haven't spoken about Maxine Barlow in a very long time. You did leave a show years and years ago. And it's one of those things that mm. it kind of defines you and you've completely redefined yourself from being an actress and being a Waterloo mm. Road star to being this new semantic coach which i want to talk about but obviously we can't not have you on this podcast and not talk about waterloo road first so you're gonna have to just digress because i've been watching it over the past couple of weeks i'm now currently as we're recording this on season seven episode 12 and i've Mm -hmm. done it for about two months so basically at the moment you're like the queen of my tv you know you only died a couple of weeks ago even though in real life this you know you died on the show years and years ago so what let's go back to you being an actress first of all because and then we'll make that we'll go on that journey that came to that big change so why did you want to be an actress oh my goodness me um so i started acting when i was a kid about nine nine or ten years old and um 
fell in love with it immediately. Uh, I think kind of ironically, I felt that it was a, um, an arena, i.e. on the stage or on screen, in which I felt that I would be able to express more of my truth and more of my humanness, i.e. what I felt, than I would in other careers. So it was always for me about truth and being able to be alive and a complete human being when I was doing what I was doing. And that's what I loved about it. Um, that and just the magic, you know, <laughs> the magic of the stage and, and just what happens when we create stories. And that's yeah. that you're playing another character as an actress. So you've always played yeah. this new version of yourself and you created mm. the distance between you as Ali Pascal and then whichever character you were playing. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you say that because I I see the irony when I look back and I'm like, isn't it interesting that I felt it would be easier to go to work and feel like a complete human being, i.e. be able to express more of myself when I was playing somebody else than if I was going and, I don't know, sitting in, a, in, a, in an office job or something. Oh, completely completely <laughs> so then obviously you get to Waterloo Road what was that audition like for you do you remember the it? audition I do remember it I do um I remember really being quizzed by the casting director who was kind of renowned for being quite stern I'd not graduated long from drama school I had acted on telly before I went away and went to drama school, but having then graduated and, and come back out, Waterloo Road was only my second or third job. So the casting director was quite, like, grilling me. Um, I also remember that my shoe flew off partway through one of the takes, and we all just kind of watched it glide across the floor and land in the middle of the room, and then I just carried on. But apart from that, it was a very good audition. I remember enjoying it. I came into the show at a very a, a great moment because they'd just done their first series, which had gone down extremely well. So they were all really flying high on the fact that this show had, had been incredibly well received. And, yeah, and I came in, and it was just so much fun. You know, we would all have great time hanging out between takes, watching Sex and the City in the green room, and we would all go out clubbing and dancing together, and it was really great. And so recently it's been put on the BBC iPlayer, which is partly why I'm <laughs> talking to you. So have you watched it again since? I have not. Oh, why not? Do you not want to <laughs> Do you not want to go back to the old... I mean, I know you're 36 now, but do you not want to go back to mm. your 20s? Do you know, I do not doubt that one day... I will bring Maxine back up to my television screen. But it has not, it's not come to me to do that yet, Johnny. It has not. And so this is the thing. You've distanced yourself and you've left the acting world to go through your mind and your body, which we're going to come to. So have you Mm. distanced yourself from that whole acting world now? Do you speak to anyone from the show still? Do you still relate yourself as calling yourself an actress as well? It's a really good question. When I first, when I first um, was became certified as a mindfulness coach, as a somatic coach, there was definitely a period of time when I thought, wow, I think, I don't think that I would call myself an actress now. 
But it very quickly became apparent when I began to create my work. So last year I created a big online global retreat that people could access all over the world. And that involved well-being coaches all over the world. And we all came together. And what happened when I started to put that retreat together was that the actress in me piped up and like pricked up her ears and was like, um, so hold on a minute. You're going to have hundreds of thousands of people at this retreat. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, Ellie, we're going to tell a story. So at that point, I realized that the storyteller in me, the actress in me was definitely still here. And that now, so then I created this audio story, which I narrated myself and it became part of the retreat. So now I'm using my skills at the moment in a different way. There are obviously going to be those transferable skills. The fact that, you know, public speaking, for example, because you can put a performance on because you could be acting and the fact of learning lines and learning how to put yourself in someone else's shoes that's all acting and there's going to be an element where you are going to have to act Hmm, yeah I think it's really interesting that that yeah the words that you just used because I think um, you know for me I was only ever that's not quite true because I did do some musicals and some panto and stuff in like my in at times but really I was interested in the truth I was interested in oh like that opportunity to express truth and be present with truth so while yeah I totally concur that the fact that I'm comfortable speaking in front of people and stuff like that is definitely a skill that I'm now using as a coach the word acting I think is an interesting one because yeah for me I'm not interested in pretending like not like the least I can pretend ever is what I mean I want the truth so I think the fact that a lot of actors are very sensitive beings like we tend to be very empathic we tend to be the one in the room who has a sense about how everybody else is and we're kind of subconsciously tuning in and taking care of people being that sensitive one is something that enabled me to just innately understand the human condition and be able to understand other characters and that's a similar thing now that supports me to really be there for my client and 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 be present with them and what's alive for them when you know when I'm working 100% so let's go to your client so it's 2012 we're coming up to nine years ago and you Mm. had that moment where you thought right I don't want to be an actress anymore I need to focus on myself what happened Mm. To be honest, I didn't at that point think I don't want to be an actress. I thought something is happening, like something is happening inside of me. And there is a voice that has gotten incrementally louder, even though my career has been going really well, even though I've got a beautiful flat and a beautiful boyfriend in London, there is a voice inside of me that is telling me there is something else that I want. And I think that that voice started to pipe up. Almost immediately that I started to be successful as an actress because what I realized was while it was delicious and it was delicious, Johnny, and I still get tingled when I think about film sets and theaters, what I realized was that there is a part there was a part of me that was hoping that I could reach a certain level of success, and at which point there was a kind of a fear or an anxiety, 
or a lacking of sense of security in my being. And I thought that was going to go away. And I realized that nothing to do with my career was going to make that go away. And I had, there was something else I had to do. And there was something else that I had to follow. And the knowing came with sensations in my body, a heaviness, uh, which I now understand a lot of the time was actually blocking anxiety. It was kind of like a, a numbing over an anxiety. This heaviness in my body. And I just knew, I, you know, and I tried to ignore it. <laughs> like, I tried to ignore it. And I went to the auditions, and I filmed the TV shows, and I went on stage, and I, you know, I traveled around the world. I did yummy things, but this feeling in my body was not going away. So it was actually after a number of years of doing that dance, when in 2012 I finally went, all right, I'm going to listen. I'll, do, I'll take a different path. I'll go a different way now. And that's what happened. Well, that's the interesting thing that, you know, you're building up to be this world-leading actress and the red carpets and the fame and the fortune, and the, but there's no money that makes happiness. And it always goes back to that thing of, does money make you happy? Does fame mm. make you happy? And people, especially now, are so career-driven to being famous because they've seen what can happen on Love Island. They can see the benefit of having hundreds and thousands and millions of Instagram and TikTok followers, that that's what they think is the place that they're going to seek that happiness. But you found happiness from within, from the internal rather than the external. That was my path. That was my journey. I, I realised early on that it was not going to be about the career. So I just, you know, it took me a while to build up to it because I was freaking scared to let go of those things that me, age nine or ten years old, had decided was going to be the thing that would make, that was it. That was the thing. It took me time to let go, and then I did, and then I took a couple of years in which, uh, in England and also in Asia, I just meditated and practiced and did energy work and started to freaking get, get to know what was happening in my body and in my mind and what actually made me tick. Like, not according to what the world had told me would make me happy, not according to what they'd said to do at school or what the magazines say. None of that BS. Like, what actually, who is this being that I am and what makes her happy? And that's what I had to find out. A lot of time in meditation. I spent time with a lot of therapists, a lot of healers. I did cognitive behavioral therapy, psychotherapy. I did something called SE, which is somatic experiencing one way that i can describe some of what was happening in my body and mind is with the title ptsd the post-traumatic stress disorder and there is a lot of people awakening to this at the moment realizing man i've got ptsd or man i've got really high anxiety and then they'll go to the doctor and they'll be they'll be told you've got ptsd you know it's not a surprise johnny that Many, many humans on the planet at this time are realizing that this is true for them because to have PTSD, it simply means that a trauma happened in your life. And this can be anything from a, a difficult dental operation, you know, to something much more dramatic or serious or dark. Because of the way we are wired as human beings, when the trauma happens, for some reason, all of that energy that's mobilized in the body. So when something scary is happening to a human being, 
fight flight energy is mobilized we know in our system i've got to get away from this situation run away or i got a freaking fight with whatever is injuring me or, or bringing a threat to me and if for some reason the human cannot run away or will not fight which is often the case often things are happening to us that are traumatic which our mind will not register as traumatic or the people around us don't seem to think as traumatic so we just want to act normal so what happens is all of this fight flight big energy in the body gets stuck so there's effectively an injury on the nervous system and the nervous system is trying to get rid of this this big energy in the body so sometimes when we've got anxiety that's why because there's too much stuck energy in the body and it needs to be released and every time we get in a stressful situation we're finding I feel a lot more stressed than I think I should feel at this moment like my stress is disproportionate to what's happening in the world I'm just in a traffic jam or I'm just in a difficult meeting at work and what's happening is there's a lot of energy in the body that needs to be mobilized. And there's all kind of ways that this can be healed. It doesn't have to be somatic experiencing therapy, which is what I found. But that just happened to be part of my journey. I spent a lot of time doing that and learning who I was and learning, yeah, what was actually true for me, like I said. Because once you start to get still and be mindful and meditate and be with therapists, there's nothing else that can happen. You will find out. It's, it's so important to open to that self-kindness and that self-compassion. It's my belief, Johnny, that underneath all resentment is resentment at self. And so often what we need to forgive ourselves for is just what we feel. What Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
is happening within you if you're experiencing some kind of stress or some kind of suffering is that you are resisting what you're feeling. We're told left, right, and center in this world, you know, don't be angry, don't be sad. Everything that you feel, it gets to be here. You do not have to try to feel anything that you don't feel. You do not have to try to be anything that you're not. And yeah, you get to be kind to yourself and accept yourself as you are every moment of every day, including for things that happened in the past, especially for things that happened in the past. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's very, very hard to because you are your worst enemy. So whilst everyone else is saying something's okay, you're still in your head going, no, that's not okay because that's not how I want to portray myself or that's how I didn't want to have myself portrayed back then. What's so interesting about what you just said is you said about what's happening in your head, a wonderful alternate, a wonderful other way to find out how to be kind to yourself from a place of where am I actually in this moment and what do I actually need is giving yourself a break from your mind and coming into what you feel. When you take a breath and allow your awareness, even if that's simply by noticing what you can feel on the soles of your feet where you're standing or what you can feel under your legs where you're sitting on the chair or noticing that you're breathing and how that feels, in that moment, you have, I mean, that's, that's a moment of absolute mindfulness. You have taken the option where I do not have to stay stuck in my thought. I do not have to stay victim to my inner critic who might be being unkind to me for something that happened today or 20 years ago. I get to have another option. You get to take a breath and just notice what you feel in this moment. And as well as having the benefit that that will, as I said, give you a little holiday from that rat race in your mind, as soon as you start to notice what you actually feel, you begin to notice what you actually need and who you actually are. And that is the sweet spot. That is the moment where a person is able to say, oh my goodness, I'm actually really uncomfortable when I'm present with that person. I'm not going to hang out with them anymore. Or, oh my goodness, I'm really tired. I need a break. You know, whatever it is. But what I have now is very different from where I was 5, 10, 15 years ago, which was seeing this anxiety in my body and having absolutely no idea how to take care of myself. If there's a memory or certain thoughts that are coming up over and over, Yes, it's a daily practice. Yes, it's a daily practice. Noticing the thought, taking a breath, allowing yourself to come into the present moment. Okay, there's that thought again. What am I feeling in my body? How can I take care of myself in this moment? And as well as it being a daily practice, there's another piece here, which is the capacity of the human being to evolve in wonderful ways. So neuroscientists use the term self-directed neuroplasticity. So what they have discovered is that we have the capacity to literally change the shape of our brain. What you will find is that the more you practice mindfulness, the more you support yourself to 
notice when your mind has gone to a place perhaps that you don't want it to go to and allow yourself to take that breath and come into the present moment noticing what you feel or even just noticing the sounds around you that you can hear you are rewiring your brain so that those pathways in your mind which when you are beginning this work will be like a rat run they're like a rat run of worry i remember back yeah 2010 when i was just starting to get a hold of this stuff noticing that there were certain thoughts that i knew were not good for me and what i've found over time is that the more i do this practice the more i don't have to try the more i would just it i mean johnny it's like a miracle when it happens and i just realize oh my goodness in the past i would have been very triggered by that and i wasn't or in the past i would have got stuck in those thoughts and what i notice today is i notice my mind go there and immediately i notice well that feels really crap in my body So I'm going to take a breath, notice how I feel, and release those thoughts. And it becomes easier and easier. I love this. Do you feel like you've found true happiness now in yourself? Or is there still a long way for you to go? I feel like I know what happiness is. And I am blessed to have many moments and sometimes hours and occasionally even days when I feel deep, deep happiness like with a sense with a with an element of consistency to it and I think it's really important to add here that often on the days when there's not a lot of happiness what I'm present with is peace or at least acceptance like this is not about not having sadness this is not about not having anger it's about creating a container for yourself which begins this first moment of saying whoa i'm a human being i'm going to let myself be present with the experiences that i have as a human being and allowing that compassionate space so that particularly in the world as it is at this time johnny with so much uncertainty there is a capacity for presence and peace even amidst stress even amidst sadness it gets to be okay that all of those feelings are here and to me that is the groundedness that i was really seeking and that's the groundedness that really gives way to the happiness because for me 15 years ago when my body was stuck in this loop with a kind of anxiety that had a big heavy numbness over the top of it Sometimes I would find myself in delicious situations in the world, feeling kind of numb, feeling disconnected. And that was what I really was not okay with. I was like, I'm here. I want to feel alive, you know, and that's what I have now. And that's what I love because you're not dependable on anyone. The relationship with yourself is so, so, so strong. How do you have a relationship with another person, though? Because... I feel like in my head, listening to you, it's like another person will be invading that peacefulness that you've found. And anything Mm. is like you've now got the perfect equilibrium. And as soon as another, if a male partner comes in, that's just going to slightly tip and you're going to be on edge to slightly go back to that equilibrium again because you've found what it is. You've found what Mm. makes you happy. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it is a constant dance and I'm doing my, I'm doing the, the, I'm having to use my tools most strongly when I am in contact with others, you know, when I'm with my friends, when I'm with my family, that is when I really need my tools even more. It's like, it, you know, what the words come to me is the people pleaser. I had such a strong people pleaser that that was a big part of this journey for me. Like, as you observed, to find my center. And I know now what it is to be in my center. And I watch myself leave it constantly. You know, today, I, I've, I was at a dance class today, right? It's the first dance class I've done since the last lockdown. It's been six months at least, right? And I'm and I'm watching myself not feeling as in my center as usual and having to notice that and notice what's happening in my body. And then I get in the car and I'm driving myself after the dance class and I'm going, all right, what just happened there? Okay. And can I be compassionate with myself? And can I just be like, of course that was going to happen. It's the first time I've done a live dance class in six months and it's okay, you know? So what happens when children are involved? You're not a parent already, are you? No, not yet, no. And do you want to be a parent? Do you want to bring children up in a world like this or a world where you're going to have to reset the boundaries? Because I can imagine that... Uh, so, so I've spoken to people who have had therapy literally since they were a child because that's just what their parents have always instilled in them and they're so happy because they've always had such that outlook and for you having children you'll bring that mindfulness really early on before mm. it gets to that point where they're completely unset because they would already had the training that they need to be able to always continually be at equilibrium so where does family sit with you so are you asking me how i would raise my children well, both. First of all, do you want to have children? And secondly, how would you raise your children? You know, it's really interesting. Until a year ago, I really wasn't sure if I wanted kids. In the past year, I started to think, maybe I actually do. So that's been a shift. And part of the reason that I wasn't sure was because of how the world is. And I'm like, am I sure that I want to bring a child into this world and I still don't have the answer to that Johnny but what I can say is that you know I believe if I found out that I was going to be a parent in the in the near future I'll speak as if it's true it will be my absolute it'll be very important to me that my child grows up first and foremost tuning into their own inner compass so that they have a sense of what is true for them, no matter what the world tells them. Because for me, that's been like the nub of what I found to be so important for my joy and my health. And so that is something that I would I would want my child to have also. Okay. Ellie Pascal, I want to ask you one final question. I want to know how true you are to yourself now. Do you think you found the real Ellie Pascal and what your job is for the world that you've been put on now? <laughs> I feel like it's like Eminem. Will the real Ellie Pascal stand up? Um, I don't know that there is one me, Johnny. I believe that I know who I am in this moment, like deeply. 
I know that sometimes I lose my contact with that and that's part of who I am. And in terms of do I believe that I found like the thing that I'm here to do, I believe I have for today. I have been really humbled by life and I can tell you that I love what I do, that I love guiding people to find greater peace and health and happiness and for them to root into who they are and to follow that like above anything will it be what I do until I retire or die Johnny life is full of surprises (laughs) right you know I I thought I knew and then I didn't so now I just surrender it every day as far as I can yeah and um I'll just drop in like here that for those listening, if this, if this, I'm aware, Johnny, there's so many pieces that we've covered. We've covered knowing who you are or not. We've covered being present with anxiety, being present with what's alive in your mind, how to, how to work with that. And so as ever, when I do sessions like this when I do interviews like this I have a a gift something that all of those listening can access should you want to so that you can continue or begin your journey with knowing who the frig you are and honoring that with knowing what you truly need and what you truly feel and taking care of that so there is a, a practice a mindfulness practice that you can download for free from my website by going to elliepascal.com slash calm so slash c-a-l-m who really knows johnny you know two years ago maybe we thought we know we knew like now i think it's clear to everybody more than ever that life can is full of the unexpected and i really hope that with the tool that i've offered here or anything i've said or anything else that you guys are using to take care of yourself you can find increasingly greater peace and okayness with the fact that anything can happen in life and you know that's part of the the ride it's part of the magic it's okay ellie pascal there what an amazing, amazing, amazing person. And I think even more amazing is the fact that completely by chance, I decided to watch Waterloo Road because I'd finished Line of Duty. I couldn't find anything to watch on Netflix. I was on the iPlayer. Waterloo Road came up. I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll watch it all over again. I loved it first time. I'll do it again. Found out that there's Maxine Barlow back in it. Absolutely love her. Went to find out what Ellie's up to. And I've just been brought into this whole new world and I'm absolutely loving it. Thank you so much to Ellie for coming on Security and Secure. Remember that website again is elliepascal.com forward slash calm. It's going to be in the show notes. Please go and seek it out. It's so important more than ever now that we're doing self-development ourselves, especially as we're coming out of lockdown. Everything's going exactly back to as it was a year and a half ago. Let's not stop all that hard work that we've done over the time. Now, talking of hard work, I need you to do a bit more hard work for me now. Go on to iTunes, give the podcast a five-star rating and leave a review. It's really important you help me spread the word, especially about this episode, because it's been such a powerful episode. We've 
gone on the surface, there is so many more levels to every conversation I've had with Ellie in this episode in particular that I'd love for you to explore. And we've explored it a little bit more in other episodes as well. And so I just want to give other people the chance who haven't heard the podcast to find out that it exists. So on Apple iTunes, give it a five-star rating and leave a review. Then on Instagram, I'm at Johnny C for at Secure the Insecure Podcast. Ellie is at Ellie Pascal. Please tag us both in when you've listened to the episode and tell us what you've learned because there are so many lessons you could have taken away from this. I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Security and Secure. Until next time, I've been Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much and goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.